for uh, tuning in this morning. And we're on a we're on a topic this morning talking about God, our provider. Have you all been uh, sticking close to this teaching? And if you have, I've been going over some things that my wife and I have learned personally from trusting God as our provider. And we will start at Psalm 1, Psalm 1, and verse 1, and it begins to describe the type of life that we can live. It says, blessed. Anybody want to be blessed? Happy, fortunate, prosperous, and to be envied is the person who does what? Walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly. There's some prerequisites to being successful and prospering and having God as our provider. But one thing we don't want to do is just sit around people that are giving ungodly counsel. Don't follow their advice, their plans, and their purposes. And this type of person doesn't stand submissive and inactive in the path where sinners walk. You don't want to hang around. It's one thing to be a witness to people that aren't Christians. It's another thing to be intimate with them and learning their, you know, whoever you hang around with, you're going to begin to act like. Bad company corrupts good morals, so we need to watch that. That, that wouldn't be a blessed life. So nor stands submissive and inactive in the path where sinners walk, nor sits down to relax where the scornful and the mockers gather. Boy, aren't we glad to be assembled at a good place today? Yeah. And then here's a key to shift into how we can be blessed. First of all, don't do those things I just read. But his delight or our delight and desire are in the law of the Lord. And on his law, the precepts, the instructions, the teachings of God, he habitually meditates. We get into the word. We we get into our chapter of reading the Word. We hear the Word, and uh, we ponder the Word, and we study the Word. When? Day and night. It's just a daily thing. And so it goes on to say, now this person that does this doesn't hang around the negative, does hang around the positive of God. He shall be like a tree firmly planted and tended by the streams of water, ready to bring forth its fruit in its season its leaf also shall not fade or wither, and everything he does, let's say that word everything, everything he does shall prosper and come to maturity. So that's a great, great chapter in Psalm chapter 1 that we can see how we can learn to have God as our provider. A little bit more of our story today. In order for me, though, back some 32 years ago, in order for me to trust God as my source, I had to learn some things. I had to unlearn some things. I had to change my mindset. I had to realize I, I'm, you know, go to God for my development. In 3 John 2, it says, Beloved, I wish above all things. This is, this is the Holy Spirit speaking through the Apostle John. Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper. He wants us to prosper and be in health. But what's going to be contingent upon? Even as our soul prospers. Those things that we read in Psalm 1 gave us instruction, following God's instructions. We have to have a change of mindset before we can have a change of life. But just say this to me, God wants to take care of me. Say, God wants to be my provider. 
But there are certain stipulations. There are certain things that we should and should not do. Psalm 23.1 says, The Lord is my shepherd to feed. He wants to feed us. He wants to guide us. How many know in, in having God as our provider, uh, we need to follow him? And shield me. He wants to shield us, protect us. And as a result of him being our shepherd, we shall not lack. So a little bit of review. I'm just going to condense it. We've been talking about these things. But I grew up in a loving family of seven kids. Now, when I think of raising seven kids today, I'm like, wow, how did they do that, trusting God? Uh, we have two children. Um, you might have more than that. God bless you. I tell you what, you had to believe God, and you're still believing God, I'm sure. But my parents helped me go to college and, and provided for me up through college to help me become gainfully employed. But there was a point in my life that I had to learn to start trusting God for myself. You know, I sort of went to church on and off growing up. I got uh, received the Lord when I was three. I was a pretty good kid, but up and down in my walk with God. But then when I turned serious for God, I knew that you know, now it's a time that I need to trust God as my provider. How about you? Did you come to that time? Can you remember that time where you say, you know what, I need to learn, uh, trust God as, as my provider. So... This, this is where I started. I had a desire to seek God. That's just pursuing Him, not just for provision, but pursuing Him for His heart, His ways, His purpose, to become a success in His eyes. Now, Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 18 says, But you shall remember, now listen, I like these next words, with profound respect. But you shall remember with profound respect the Lord your God, for it is He who has given you the power to make wealth, so that he may establish and confirm his covenant, which he swore solemnly and he promised to your fathers as it is this day. Remember these things. You know, Matthew 6.33 is another critical, critical scripture for us having God as our provider. It says, seek ye first the kingdom of God in his righteousness, his way of doing and being right. Then everything else will be added unto you. So that's the first prerequisites. We want to go after God for him and what he is and who he is to us. And what he's done. But I wanted to help, uh, I wanted God to help me become a provider for myself, for uh, my eventual family, for my future, for whatever God had for me to do, my assignment in this life, and to be a blessing to others. I had to learn to put God first in everything. How many things? Everything. To trust him as my provider, to learn his ways. Second Chronicles 26.5 says, as long as King Uzziah sought or inquired and yearned of for the Lord, God made him to prosper. As long as King Uzziah sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. We don't just want to seek God and then all of a sudden he starts blessing us and then all of a sudden things begin to unfold and we just sort of back off like we did it ourselves. No, God meets our needs. God's our provider, right? Say it with me, God is my provider. So in order for God to prosper me, I had to learn this and also practice, I had to learn some practical life skills. It's one thing just to be spiritual and to seek God, but it's another thing to know uh, how to bring some organization and order in your life so the natural and the supernatural can work together and it'd be a wonderful thing. So I had to learn to do, do things at my age when I was younger that many other people were not doing that maybe they didn't know to do. Uh, 
where I came from, they didn't teach us what I'm teaching you so that we can have a better start. But we had to learn, first of all, there's some, there's some words that you're probably not going to like here this morning, like self-control. I hear you breathing behind those masks. <laughs> like discipline. Like faithfully tithing and giving. Putting God first in our finances. Like saving. Like living within our means. Like preparing for our future. These are things we need to learn alongside God's Word that are practical. But when we have them both working together, it's a beautiful thing. Isaiah 1.19 says, If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the best of the land. I think we all want to eat the best of the land, but do we want to be willing and do we want to do what God says? Willing and obedient, or, or doing what God says with a good attitude. He said, But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. But I know one thing in my case, I need a change in my life, but I knew that nothing will change in my current situation unless I learn something different and I begin to do what I've learned. So there was a point in my life over 32 years ago. Boy, can you remember 32 years ago? That's a long time, but how many know 32 years ago went so fast as I was intentionally making God as my source and provider I moved out to Oklahoma, that was in 1988, in church, I heard a series about tithing and giving and the teaching like I'm teaching you. And I had to learn these things. It was a revelation to me for myself. I was learning these things for myself. So I took a step in faith to put God first and I started tithing on everything. Everybody say everything. I mean, if, if, if there was secondhand furniture given to us, I'd sort of calculate what did that, what was that worth about? Now, it wasn't necessarily worth a lot, but, but, uh, but, and then, you know, when I was blessed by something, I just, I would always sow a seed off of everything I got blessed with, a tithe, and I never looked back. Proverbs chapter 3 says in verse 9, honor, you know, when we honor, here's how we honor the Lord with our capital, our finances, honor Him with our sufficiency from righteous labors. And with the first, first fruits or your 10% of your income, when you do that, when you honor him, when you put him first, so shall your storage places be filled with plenty. Plenty. And your vats shall overflow with new wine. This is really not a teaching about the tithe, but it, it, it's my story. And later on, I want to get into that a little bit more. But I had to learn that my job was not my source, but my job is a resource. Anything given to us, anything that God's having us do is a resource, and then God is my source. Say that with me. God is my source. Everything else is a resource. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10 says, Bring all the tithes, the whole tenth of your income, into the storehouse, that's your church, that which you consider your church, that there may be food in your house. You know, how many know this air conditioning is not free today? How many know this building just didn't show up and say, Hey, I think I'll... I think I'll, you know, just have church there. No, we, we have a whole story, and maybe just a little while, I'll tell you a little bit about it. But uh, it takes a budget to operate the, the church, and then it takes a budget to have, you know, within it tithing and giving that we do as a church for our local community. We do many outreaches in our lo 
local community in our city, our state, our nation, and this whole world. But uh, so that's how you support the house of God so we can fulfill the Great Commission. And then prove me now with, God says, prove me on this, says Lord, Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour you out such a blessing, there's not room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer, the insects, or the plagues for your sake. He shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine drop its fruit before the time in the field, says the Lord of hosts. Now again, I referred this uh, in the last teaching last week, but it's worth repeating. Whenever we went to special meetings with uh, Kenneth E. Hagen, Pastor Hagen's father, who's now in the grand stands of heaven, he said, listen, as we receive the offering tonight, I want you to know that we don't receive your tithe. That goes to your church. But you can, you can give offerings to different extended ministries. But the tithe is holy. It belongs to the local church so that we can do the Great Commission. And then, then the different types of ministries uh, that are not a church per se, they, they, you know, we can uh, sow offerings into them. And when you tithe and give offerings into Harvest Church, we give this a lot of, a lot of ministries that you get um, credit for that as well. So, but my, my, my life at that point, I was living a life of purpose. I was learning his ways of doing and being right. And I tell you one thing, every step I took, even though sometimes it was difficult, God has provided to be faithful for us in our life, in our family, and our ministry. And I saw tithing. It was not just an Old Testament legal issue because God sanctioned it before the, before the uh, law, during the law, and after the law. For God so loved the world that he did what? Gave. See, I tithe now. My wife and I tithe now, not just because we have to, but we get to support the house of God, and we get to sow seeds so they can be multiplied. And I think um, it was said this morning, you know, whatever you make happen for God, God will make happen for you. Whatever you do for the house of God, God will multiply that into your house. So tithing helps, helps me keep uh, God as the focal point of my, of, of my giving of, or as my provider. And also, I know one thing about tithing too, it, it just it, it frees me from selfishness. We don't want to just hoard everything to ourselves. We don't want to eat all of our seed. It's seed, then it's time, then it's harvest. But 32 years later, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a whole story that's too long to say. But 32 years later, my wife and I, God's been so faithful to us to bless us, and, and it's happened over our lifetime. I didn't hit the lottery, you know. I, I didn't hit the lottery, and, and I didn't inherit an estate. God just, we just followed him, and just little by little, you know, line upon line, God will, will increase us more and more as we trust him. So I'm not going to promise you an instant miracle when you begin to walk in these ways. Uh, but I can guarantee you God's faithfulness to, to uh, meet your needs and, and give you wisdom and, and, and have you increase over time. But I've made some mistakes. How many have made some mistakes along the, the, the years? How many had to pay this stupid tax? <laughs> I remember when I, my wife, I, I thank God my wife and I have always made decisions together. We, we weren't in really a, the position to buy this type of vehicle that we wanted, but we did. Notice I said we did. <clears throat> it's better to get in trouble with we than just I, right? So we've, we've made some decisions that we did have to, um, you know, make some 
changes, but you learn from it. You want to fail forward. Thank God my wife and I, we're, te we're a team. Uh, what, normally when I made these bad decisions, I was so short-term minded um, rather than thinking about what is that really going to cost me over the long run, or really can I afford this? Boy, there's no, there's no even sound in the house today, but it's good to listen to these things. You know, when you're young, you don't think about getting older, do you? So you buy this, you buy that, you buy this, you buy everything that you see other prosperous people have that they might have they taken 32 years to get there. Didn't get there overnight. But uh, let me give you this quote. I'm not sure who said it, but it was good enough to repeat it. The past is a place of reference, not a place of residence. The past is a place of reference, not a place of residence. We can learn, we can fail forward and, and not make those mistakes again. Have you ever made a real bad mistake in a certain place and then you're in another time in your life and you're getting ready to make, make that same mistake, but it was just like, no, I'm not doing that again. Learn, learn from the mistakes. So I, did, um, I didn't use, when I was at a young age, I didn't use time as an ally uh, like I should have, and, and you're looking online, some of you that are younger, and please, I almost want to beg you today, you know what, if you just save a little over a long period of time, you, you'll just be taken care of in your future. You really will. Use time as your ally, and you, you, you uh, tap into exponential growth as you just sow and just work some numbers and get some advice maybe from somebody that, that, that knows, like in our financial peace class, attend that. They will help you see the significance of a little over time. But I did, I did put some extra principal on my mortgage over the years, and, um, but I didn't have a well, you know, thought out plan until later on in my life, and that's why I'm sort of playing catch up. And, you know, in and, and each day and each month and each year, I'm, I'm getting better and better. But I'm focused because I didn't start when I was young. So please learn from my mistakes. No one, um, you know, and, and have you ever heard that there is going to be a special debt cancellation service that you wanted to attend? This particular, this particular minister has a special anointing to just cancel your debt. Please don't fall for things like that. Can I say that again? Please, please don't get caught up in that hype. I mean, who wouldn't want to, you know, someone to wave their hand and all your debt be gone? I mean, that would be great, but... Uh, you know, why would God cancel your debt if you're not going to be good in your self-control and you're disorganized? And, and uh, do I need to explain anymore? No, there's some things God expects us to do. And there's some things He'll supernaturally do. But there are some things that we can learn. You know, when I, I think about when I got married, uh, my wife didn't marry me for my money. My wife married me for my good looks. She, she, I can't even see her expression right now. She's behind her mask. Oh, she's, she's smiling now. Okay. But I got, I got married with a little to none in my savings, uh, living paycheck to paycheck. And my wife and I, I'm, I'm just glad she said, I'm glad she said yes. As a matter of fact, Wednesday, we, we celebrate 31 years being married. And uh, you know what? Um... I shouldn't say that. We, we bless each other. We bless each other in certain ways, and we, uh, we're a team. All right. 
So my wife and I started in a one-bedroom apartment, both working full-time and going to school full-time. We had to sell one car because our budget couldn't, uh, couldn't stand, you know, to have two cars on it. So we had to get a job where we both worked at the same place. Um, we sought God. We tithed. We gave. We, we lived within a budget. And, uh, and we, you know, we had more than secondhand furniture. I'm trying to describe it. You know, if you go to, we got, we got some of our furniture from, from uh, garage sales. And, you know, what you get at a garage sale probably went through about five families, you know. How many have ever gone to a garage sale? And, and, and yeah, and that's not bad. You can find some nice stuff there. But So we started with what we could get, and then, then we went to school from, from uh, 8 till 12, and, and then we'd sprint, go eat, and then clean two houses, and two houses in the evening to make our money. Then we'd volunteer based upon where we were available. Then we worked uh, another, the next year, we worked at Doubletree, and we went to school from 8 to 12. Then we'd work a shift from 1 to 9, or we'd work a shift from 4 to 12 or 3 to 12, something like that. So we, I mean, we were putting in our work. And we were doing, and we were believing God. And, and when you work at a hotel, what do you believe God for? Tips. Because you only get a very, very small, like almost, you know, wage rate. And then you believe God for tips. And every single, every single day, we just join hands and believe God for tips. Every day, we'd pray and agree. And God was so gracious just to teach us how to trust Him. We had to learn. And guess what? We had to put off things we wanted and stick with the things we needed. Somebody say amen, just so I know. <laughs> it, I mean, this teaching, it'll really help you. In other words, we had to grow up and make some de adult decisions. I, I think it's funny sometimes when kids, when they're young, say, I wish you'd treat me like an adult. Well, if you'll, make, you'll start making more adult decisions, we will. Right? So we had to, again, we had to live by a tight budget. Childish decisions only want to please us in the now without looking at the long-term consequences. A big mistake is wanting right now what, what it took other people years to get. Amen. And we had to, in the budget context, we had to tell our money where it was going to go. We had to say, money, you're going there. How many found out that when you don't tell your money where to go, it has a mind of its own. <laughs> so we had to learn to stop spending everything we made. You're going to hear it a few times. You already heard it. But we tithe, we gave, we saved, and then we live within our means. Say it with me. Tithe, give, save, live within our means. And have a good work ethic. Proverbs is all about having a good work ethic. Proverbs 13, 4 says, The soul of a lazy person they desire, and they have nothing. But the soul of the diligent shall be made rich. You say, I'm going to be rich. Well, that word rich means abundantly supplied. So uh, just keep that context there as well. Now, I, I found a quote by Vidal Sassoon. Isn't that a shampoo maker or something? Or a, a hair stylist? Okay. Well, I've <laughs> what are you laughing at? All right. So... But this is what Vidal Sassoon said. The only place where success comes before work is in the dictionary. 
Did you get that? Let me say it again. The only place where success comes before work is in the dictionary because we're going to have to work. We're going to have to work hard. You know, everything you see here at Harvest Church didn't come just because we believed God for it. We had to work and act in faith. We had to learn how to trust God, to be faithful, use wisdom, operate in a budget, eliminate debt, and prepare for the future. James 1.5 says you can ask God for wisdom to help you. He'll give, he'll give you wisdom liberally to know what to do. But I'm so thankful that my wife has worked right alongside me in our journey uh, on our purpose and provision and increase. When we returned um, from Oklahoma to go serve Bishop Hash and Lady Joy, I worked at Sears Credit Central, and, and I volunteered every moment that I could. My wife was a hairstylist, and she worked full-time there, and she volunteered where she was even a leader in the children's ministry at St. Peter's. Now, uh, long story short is, I eventually became an assistant pastor, so we had an assistant pastor's salary, and thank God, we believe God for tips coming through, coming through the beauty parlor, beauty, be, what do you call it? Beauty salon, parlor, boy, that's old school, isn't it? But, uh, but here's, here's what I want to say, too, and again, I'm, I'm probably going to make some of you uncomfortable, but uh, you know what? Because we're a team... And, and we were both on the same page where we were going in life. My wife had to work. It wasn't even an option. She had to. And she so graciously did. You might, you might be in a position where you don't have to. That's fine. But we had to with what God was having us do in our life. And we weren't living extravagantly. We were just in the will of God, believing God. And together, together we worked. And guess what? God has taken care of us as, we, as we've walked with him. When my wife and I pioneered this church 22 years ago, 22 years ago, wow, we were assistant pastors for eight years, and uh, we did, with little money in the bank, pouring everything we could into the ministry, personally, everything, everything we could. We had to learn to believe God, both in our individual life and in the ministry. So we, um, we had a budget on both fronts. We had to believe God for week to week, year to year. And when we bought this first phase, listen, we bought this first phase coming from High Point Road, and it was just this gymnatorium, didn't have that foyer, didn't have the children's wing, didn't have parking lots, had one parking lot, had all kinds of trees, you know, acres of trees, and um, 10 more acres out there. Uh, we stepped out with a crowd in, on High Point Road that we just knew we were supposed to. And with nothing, nothing in the bank, basically, we stepped out on a $1.3 million loan. And I look back on it, and, and I just say, God, that had to be the gift of faith. That had to be the gift of faith. And, and it was a miracle they gave us the money to begin with. But over the years, God has increased us little by little, project by project. So 1.3 million. Then we did another, we did that project out there, that four-year that four project. So that added up on that. Then we had to have more parking. And then another parking lot. And then remove the trees. And then, then we bought 10 more acres down the uh, highway. So we have about 17 acres here. Then that, all this is, 
money. And then, then we put that million dollar uh, expansion for the kids over there and added up all together four or five million dollars. We had to believe God step by step. We started to believe God for one week up on our budget, two weeks up on our budget. We worked Dave Ramsey's Principles Financial Peace, one of our teachers here on the front row. And, and we, we, had, we had to believe God. Don't just live paycheck to paycheck. We were believing God for that reserve and two weeks up, three weeks up, four weeks up. He recommends three to six months up. And that's what we did with, with uh, our family. And that's what we did with this ministry. And as increase began to come, we started to work these seven steps into, into our lives and our, our family. You remember, how many have been through financial peace? Quite a few of you. First thing you did was build a $1,000 emergency fund. Aren't you glad you came back to, to a service that is so practical? Uh, I, don't, I don't have you shouting today, but it's still, it's still good for us. And then the second thing we do is pay off all debt using the debt smoke, snowball. Whatever debt you have, pay the littlest one off first, and then whatever you're paying on that, you begin to apply the next one up and so forth, pay that off, and always go to the next. Then three, save three to six months expenses and savings. Then number four, this is more personally, invest 15% of your household income in Roth IRAs. Boy, if you just do this when you're young in pre-tax retirement and then college funding, get ready for college funding if you have kids. My wife and I cash flowed our kids' college. So we, we, we had a tight budget. We cash flow them going through Wesleyan Private Academy. It was just where we were led to have them and the God provided then you pay your home off early. Then you build wealth and give. So as a husband, a pastor, I wanted to lead us into a healthy place of balance in preparing for our future. So that's why I'm teaching you these simple principles today. Say it with me. Tithe. Give. What do we do next? Save. That was a little weak. Save. And then what? Live within our means. And then I would advise you go through financial peace if you have it so it can give you a plan. Get the book. What is that book called? Money Makeover? Something like that from Dave Ramsey. But you know what? Long story short, here we stand 22 years later. We've, this facility and, and the campus is worth probably about $5 million. And just by working the plan over the years, God has helped us eliminate debt. And I haven't even mentioned it, but it's down to 240000 now. 240,000. And, and the reason, really, I believe God, everything we own as a church and individually is paid in full. And as a pastor's heart, I haven't even wanted, been, I haven't even wanted to talk to you about it because of the challenges that have been out for the last five, six months. Believe God with me. If you have it on your heart, so toward it. But you, you know, you if everyone just consistently tithe and give you know, then we, we just work our budget and, and that debt is eliminated. I thank God everything we own, say it with me, everything we own individually and as a ministry is paid in full. I learned way back when I had to change that sooner or later I needed to see that I better stop putting off the future what I should be doing now. 
And over the past five, ten years, I would say that I've been sprinting along that line because we poured everything of our life into the ministry. And, and so our special days are normally buying something for the house or, or, or fixing something or maintaining something. Uh, don't get me wrong. I mean, my wife, I bless her and she blesses me. Uh, but we just have certain priorities that mean a lot to us. But at some point, you have to get fed up with where you are, your current financial condition, and get a hold of yourself and see where you're at and follow a plan. And again, I'm going to keep saying financial peace. Do this with a group of people that you can help influence you along the right path. They're going in the same direction. If you tell somebody else out there in the world and take their counsel, they'll think you're crazy doing this stuff that we talked about here this morning. It won't work if you work it halfway, though. Be committed to it. How many found out you'll never wander your way out of debt? You just don't wander your way out of debt. You have to sober up, get fired up, get fed up, stand up, and do it. Amen. But you might say, Pastor, but I'm young. I don't need to be thinking about that. Please think this way. Please think this way. Oh, I want to enjoy life right now. You can, just in simple things. And if you choose to go and make those wrong decisions, that's being childish. Learn from our mistakes. And the last thing I'll say today is Albert Einstein said this. Don't try to become a person of success, but rather try to become a person of value. I like that. Your value systems are correct and right. I'm so thankful of the things that we've learned. I had to learn something. I had to do something. I had to take action. I had to trust God. God is good. Would you stand with me, please? Looking to God as our provider. I think it's a subject that we have to teach really every year. I hadn't taught enough about it. It's a good thing. It's a good thing to, to learn from the practical things of what it takes and the spiritual combination that is such a wonderful, explosive force for God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for your word. We thank you for the practical side of life. And Father, thank you for helping us teach things that maybe we didn't know of, maybe we were raised a certain way. And, and we don't fault anybody that raised us because I'm sure they, they weren't taught. They, they didn't know. They taught us what they knew. They, and, and so, Father, we honor them. And we, again, thank you for helping us learn what we needed to learn. But with every head bowed and every eye closed, before we uh, dismiss our service, let's go ahead and pray. Father, we, we just thank you right now. And as I... As I talk to this audience online and, and here personally, I know these are workers, but I don't want to assume everybody knows Jesus. Do you know, if God, do you know God forbid, if you were to lose your life today, you'd go straight to heaven? Do you know? Well, the simple gospel is this, that we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God, and the wages of sin is death, but there's a free gift of God called eternal life through Jesus Christ. He's the one that lived a sinless life so he could die for all of our shortcomings. And thank God on the third day, once he paid our death penalty, God raised him from the dead. Jesus is alive. 
He's the Savior of the whole world. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. But have you received Him as your Savior? Have you received Him as your Lord? I'd be honored to pray a prayer with you if you haven't. Why don't you just pray this prayer along with me? Say it with me. God, I believe Jesus is the Son of God. I believe He died on the cross for all my sins. I believe on the third day you raised Jesus from the dead. Jesus, I believe you're alive. And right now, I'm so sorry for my past. I repent. I turn from the bad things in my life. And I turn towards you, Jesus. And I ask you to be my Savior. I receive you as my Savior. I confess you as my Lord. Thank you for saving me today. Thank you that I'm a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen. If you pray that prayer for the first time, please call that number you see up there on the screen, and, and we'll be happy to get back with you. Get connected to a good local church. If you're here locally, come to Harvest Church as we will be launching into uh, assembling as we are perfecting our process here. But uh, Harvest Church, it's been wonderful to have some people to talk to today. And uh, we've been talking to the camera for, yeah, has it been good to be here this morning? It has for us as well. We sure love you. We sure appreciate you. And uh, we will look forward to seeing you online, live stream this coming Wednesday. We just live stream only on Wednesday. So those of you who volunteer came, you'll, you'll be able to attend next Sunday as well. So uh, God bless you. Everybody have a wonderful day. We'll look forward to speaking with you on Wednesday. God bless you.